Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bingity bong, whatever, bing, bing, bong. It's suggestible time. That's true. Hello, my name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is here also. We are married and uh, we recommend you things to watch, read and listen to. Why have you turned into a gremlin today? I'm, I'm always a gremlin. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just had never noticed before. I've been I living with a gremlin to, for years and years. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to shrivel up more into a gremlin as I get older. <laughs> just a little little grey gremlin. What do you mean as you get older? I feel like this time has already arrived. Well, as I continue to be the age that I am, which is old. <laughs> And then get older, even again beyond. Oh God, that. you're getting worse. You're gonna get worse than this. Yes. Holy shit! Why do you think I'm gonna balls. get better? Nobody gets better. <laughs> I think that I have got better with age, though. I feel like I could be approaching my peak, and it's all sliding downhill. My son took this video of me this morning. Oh God, I don't know if this happens to any other parents out there, but you walk around thinking you look like a normal person, mm-hmm. and then your child takes a photo or video of you, and you look like you have no neck. And you're an old and old, old, oldy, old, old person. And he usually always takes videos of footage of me when I'm in bed, like because I'm, I'm vulnerable and he's just wait, he waking Nobody me up. Nobody looks good in bed. And I, my, my neck is like sliding into my chin and I just look like I've lost all the will to live. <laughs> well, you know, truth hurts. It's mainly more. It's like six o'clock in the morning. Anyway. Let's talk about some things. We like to recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. We're cutting down Ooh. on the recommendations. We're doing one or two. Yeah, we're one trying each. to streamline. We are. We certainly are. And so this week we have a few. First up, though, I have some opinions. Oh, wow. Um, unlike me. Well, I, I don't have any opinions. New thoughts, new me, new suggestible. Let's go. All right. My opinion is Aiden, in the, and just like that, arrived in the episode that most came recently came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for anyone who doesn't watch the show and know who Aiden is, but God damn, he looks good, except he's wearing a very silly jacket. I think his jacket looks cool for a man it's who's 62. It's so silly. Why is it tapered in and it's too short and it's like high a collared? It's just wrong. It's a wrong jacket. It's wrong. And Patricia Fields would never have let that happen. <laughs> And it's wrong, wrong, wrong. For those who don't know, Patricia is uh, the previous wardrobist of Sex and the City. And upcoming for one particular scene. One particular scene, she's probably got paid like a zillion dollars for. And the only person from the original cast, I feel, who was sided with King Patrol in the whole thing. Yeah. Other than the fact that Aiden was wearing a ridiculous jacket, I loved that whole scene. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that whole episode. It felt like a return of ye old Sex in the City. I, do you think that's also because they brought back two characters that you know? No. I Yeah, I mean partly, but no, because it wasn't even that long a scene with Aiden. I actually think it's because they had a lot of Anthony in it. Yeah, And cool, like yeah. he was hilarious he had, and fun. He had, some, he had some good moments. Some real quips. I felt like uh, Shay and Miranda broke up, which thank God, because yeah. I felt like for the first time Miranda was much more 
closer in the writing to her original character, which I think is partly to do with the writing from Samantha Irby because she is a like a yeah. diehard Sex and the City fan. I've heard her on a podcast and she really understands those characters inside out as so many of us do who've watched that series so many times. And you could tell because the Miranda in that episode is like kind of unhinged and funny and very, it's also very dark because she's kind of divorcing Steve at the same time. And finally, they seem to have some narratives where she and Steve actually talk about yeah. talk to each other and have conversations that people actually would have if they, they were going through what they're going through. Do you think they put it off on purpose so they could like get to it down the line, or do you think they just forgot? <laughs> like, what do you oh think? My God, I don't know because I don't know what they were thinking for most of it because it's a he does feel writing. more like Steve from previous seasons. Yeah, because Samantha Irby, I reckon. Yeah, as opposed to yeah. the first season where he was oh, just an old man. I know, Steve, which I can relate to. Steve. But no, even the first, yeah, the first series he felt like a caricature, but this series he barely featured. Yeah, for, uh, up until this episode. Yeah, and did you like him with his shirt off? Yeah, I did. You're looking so good. Not look, not looking like no. a gremlin. But I also just felt like for the majority of this season, before this most recent episode, it did not feel at all like Miranda was experiencing anything real. Yeah. Like all of that Shay stuff did not feel real. Maybe that None was the point. That, it was a Hollywood fantasy. Maybe, but it took a bloody long time to get to some real oh proper emotional like depth and writing that actually made any sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so no, I actually think that there was a few things in there that actually made you feel like all these characters and even just some of Carrie's lines in that episode are around Aiden or before the Aiden thing yeah. just felt much more like her. Also, she does have that date in the episode before that with that tech guy that sort of felt a little more like a callback to her That's true. Old self. And Miranda had a little date with a guy. With no, a woman. with a woman. Who who's, I meant to say they're from the same show that you used to like. Yeah, they are. They're both in that show. Yeah. Uh, what is that one? Younger? Younger. Is yeah, it correct. Younger or the other one? No, it's Younger. Yeah, which was – and they're both really great. Both of those actors are excellent. That is all to say I feel like you should watch it if you haven't just that episode to let me know you what you think that. of Aiden's jacket. And also I just thought great storyline. What did you feel about that? Do you think thing? he's going to get his heart broken again? Because I think he should. I think that would be incredible that he comes back for the trifecta of getting his heart stomped on. And even he's, like, he knows, like, he, he feels like it's going to happen again because she's like, come up to my apartment. And he's like, why do you and, and he's so makes it's like, that was such good writing because it's like, yeah, of course he doesn't want to go back into the same apartment where he, like, bought half of it and, like, knocked down half a wall and then it was awful. Of course. Yeah. That makes so much sense, right? He's very tall. And I think that's cool. I think that's why you want him to get his heart broken again. Yeah, that'll teach him. <laughs> Giant freak. Uh, but Whoa, no, that is so uncool. I like him more than Mr. Big. I always have. Me but too. also I was reluctant for like, they're not real people, so who gives a shit? But like, do you want these people to get together because she's like t- treated him terribly I like know. again and again. And, he's, and she literally got like hives from like dating him at I one know. point. The thought of marrying him. I know. So we'll see I I don't know. I I I actually just feel like it's going to be another sort of storyline that will peter out. That's how I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want him shattered, Claire. No. I, I want his heart that. shattered for a third time, and he has to go crawling back. I actually to the feel of like maybe he's going to break Harry's heart this time. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. I think so. Too. That would be that would be great for him. That would be a real victory. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. Someone breaks your heart and then you come back and you fucking break their heart. Oh, and God. imagine if he's like, I did this on purpose. 
I'm not even divorced. I lied about that so I could break your heart. Terrible. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. But but I think for the first time in that whole series, I was like a glimmer of, oh, this yeah. isn't so bad. I watched the whole episode. Other ones I've sort of like had to skip through a little bit. At least they're bringing in some like partners of people and people they're dating that are like interesting one-offs. Yeah. Which they haven't really done properly at all. It's like Carrie's dating a very boring man. Gosh, the cardboard guy from her podcast God, thing. So that was so – it was so, so boring. boring. All the or scenes like with him were boring. I didn't understand it. Someone at a bar, and you're like this boring person at a bar. Such bad Great. writing. The whole most of it has been such atrocious writing. But, but wait till this thing. Wait till that's one scene. It with is Samantha. still smug rich people being smug yeah. about it. Yeah. Which is so they think that they're being escapist, but they're not. It's like gross. I feel trapped because people are. I know, but people are going through so many hard things at the moment, and. That's not the kind of escapism they're wanting. No. They're not wanting, I don't think, that kind of like bold in your face. We have so much money we don't know what to do with. Let me call a car and wear the Met Gala things. And I don't know. It just, let's move on. Let's I'm move done. on. I've had no I've feelings. got a recommendation. Okay. I've been talking about this for weeks, but of course you're away. Ooh, it's uh, so good. It's a show called Deadlock. Have you finished it? I have not finished it. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, it's created, it's Australian. It's created by Kate McCartney and Kate Lennon. Both Kate McLennan. Kate McLennan, sorry. Kate Lennon. Kate Lennon and McCartney. Uh, Kate McLennan, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I've done there. Um, who are two great – well, they started in comedy. Mm, two amazing Australian comedians and writers. They did a parody uh, morning show called Get Kraken, which is really great. If people Hilarious. Know, uh, people might know Auntie Donna and them and a bunch of other like, like Australian comedians and that have featured – on that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so what they've done here is here's the synopsis. The town of Deadlock, Tasmania. Uh, Tasmania, if you don't know, is the is the southernmost state of Australia. It, mm-hmm. it's, an, it's an island. It's as close to like as Antarctica as you can get from, I don't know. Is it? In Australia at least. It's cold and it's a forest. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. Great. Anyway, it's preparing for its winter festival when a local man turns up dead. Two detectives and an eager constable are sent to investigate the crime. So it stars Kate Box, who you've met. She's an absolute legend. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm really good with her. This. She's so funny and so cool and so awesome. Yeah. Uh, Madeline Sami, Nina Oyama, Alicia Gardner, Tom Ballard. Incredible cast. And what's good about this, this is a great balance of like a your murder mystery that you might enjoy, you know what I mean, like a mm-hmm. BBC whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or and and comedy. I think it balances that. Really, really well. So this this town that they that this takes part in, it's been kind of partially transformed into this LGBTQIA plus kind of cosmopolitan haven, but it's only happened relatively recently. So there's the town is kind of like old school, kind of like country, you know, maybe not necessarily backwards thinking, but like you know, a, a, the the way things were probably more like 30, 40 years ago. You know, mm. and so this, you got these two kind of dynamics Which going on. Which I actually on. think is a really accurate representation of communities yeah. around the traps that are sort of partly gentrifying and cool. Yeah. With it. Like I think so many communities I've visited, like rural towns are like that. Like there's yeah. kind of this, like I went What's to. that one just out of, out of Melbourne? Yakandanda that I went oh, to recently oh, yeah. is a really great example of that. There yeah, was yeah. sort of like Trump supporters alongside like really new age hippies. And it was like just very interesting. People waving Trump flags. They yeah, know what they're not they're waving, in. but they had like <laughs> posters of him in their shop window and stuff. What? I know. Yeah, I don't know. But it's so interesting to me because that, like, that kind of people moving further out, particularly through COVID around yeah. here, so many people moved out to rural areas mm. who are from inner city. 
So you then got this juxtaposition of like hardcore kind of locals who've been in an area for a long time and are quite conservative versus like, you know, inner city hippies who've done a tree change or a sea change. Yeah. I just think it's very accurate in a lot of ways and also obviously heightened and hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. So that's like the setting of this town. So there's already this kind of like simmering kind of tension, you know. Um, but it's also, it's the kind of thing where this town has been like completely revitalized, you know, it's brought in tourism, like businesses are thriving, all of these things. So, you know, you know, you got to kind of change to, hello dog, you got to kind of change to, you know, to, to survive. On top of that also, it's got this rich indigenous history, which has just been kind of wallpapered over mm. by pretty much everybody in the town. So there's like, there's like seeds of that kind of, you know, rolling throughout this entire thing as well. So anyway, people start turning up dead and like it's very quickly established that this is probably a serial killer mm-hmm. and that and it's just from there it unfolds about, you know, who this could potentially be and obviously they go through your various su- suspects. I was constantly like second guessing myself and I was just like wrong multiple times. I'm like, well, it's not that person, it's probably this person. I'm like, okay, it's not that person, maybe it's this person, you know. And I did that until like the review and I'm like, God damn it, I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I also think works really well here is the characters are really well fleshed out and the dynamics between everybody work so well and they're incredibly like com- comedic and it's just everybody feels very distinct. It's not like the same person kind of copy and pasted it. They're very uniquely written and in the way that they interact with other people is also reflective of that. Um, also the two Kates, they write insufferable like – really well like you re- when you meet somebody who's like oh i hate this person like they re- you're like they really write that well but they can also flip it where you're like oh okay i see why this person is like this and that's terrible but also like i get it and they even you know they'll turn you around on like somebody entirely you mm. know there's just but there's so many people in, in this that you're just like god this person i hate this person so much i think i'd come up and whatever yeah it's gory as so far as like any kind of bbc murder procedural is you might see a dong or two also, if you don't mm. mind. Uh, mm, it's on a dead body. A dead one, yeah. Uh, but you can <laughs> see it. So, yeah, so it's not like you're not going to see serial killers like. It's not very gory. No. It's not like slashing. I would say it gets more kind of, it gets more intense as it kind of goes on, but you yeah. don't, it's more Im- implied than you don't see mm. specifics uh, really. Anyway, it's it's eight episodes. Uh, it's made locally and I love it when something local comes out and that's good. Mm. I also think um, it's been good that it's released on Amazon Prime because that means, you know, it's got a bit of international traction as well. Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah. Absolutely do. Do you know what else I think is great about it? Lesbians. Mm. <laughs> I genuinely just think that these characters that they've written, it's mostly female-centric, the lead yeah. characters, right? And that is just a breath of jolly fresh air I mean, Kate Box in general is so well cast in this, but also the entire cast of women. So Kate Box's character is a cop, obviously yeah. a detective, and she has a new kind of cop sort of ends up being her partner who arrives in town who's played by Madeline Sammy mm. and her character is called Eddie. And I think she is my favourite character of the whole She's so funny. Thing. She's absolutely hilarious. It's queer revolutionary storytelling. That's what I think. Yeah, I just enough. think the way she's written is just ridiculous. Yeah. She's awful and rude 
just like probably sp- smells bad. Yeah, and just speaks in this like these like hilarious like obscure references. It's, it's just so it's funny good. also because she's from up north and she's been brought in for this investigation. She very desperately doesn't want it to be a serial killer because it means she'll have to stay for longer. So she spends like the first few episodes in like a tropical like Hawaiian shirt and shorts and like one thong and a cardboard shoe taped to her foot because she's doesn't like she's like I'm not getting warmer clothes I'm not staying here so then there comes a point where she's like okay I need some I might be here for a while she goes to the camp store and like talks to the dummies in there and like get some warmer clothes and everything exactly I think it's so hilarious and it's also I won't spoil it but it, she also has real depth in the, oh yeah, yeah yeah which is just like what you were talking about with the characters and the way that the Kates write them yeah you sort of get spun around again on her in mm. so many different ways um, but the chemistry between her and Kate Box's character who's really the straight man in mm. this in that not literally because yeah. um, she's playing the, the queer character but yeah exactly and she's the one that kind of is sensing all of the things going on and is trying to fight for her town yeah. And actually, and playing it very deadpan in a lot mm. of ways. And that works so well in that context. It's just, there's so many layers to it that I just absolutely yeah. love. So I would just, I so recommend it. And it's just fresh. It does. It's a it really fresh like jo- take on the genre, I think. Yeah. It's kind of outside of genre in a way. Yeah. It's I definitely like, you, you recognize like tropes in it, obviously. Yeah, but that's but what I mean. But it's I, not yeah, but one. It does thing. feel fresh, yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's just the female centric storylines and the queer storytelling is just perfection. So yeah. cannot wait for you if um, you haven't it ha- seen it to watch it. It, it sets up like it closes the storyline, but it does set up for a potential season two, mm. which hasn't been announced yet, but hopefully. They... I would be shocked if they didn't do a season two. I mean, who knows? It's hard. I mean, I guess. Who knows with streaming? It's. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. really, it's done so well and had such great mm. reviews. So you would think, hopefully, fingers crossed, because it's Sorry, really everybody, two dogs We've just got fighting. dogs fighting. We're just going to continue. Studio. They're two walks today. I know. I don't Maybe understand. we're making them too fit. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what them. is happening. I think it's the full moon. It's a full moon. Ah, the full moon. Everyone's gone a little kooky. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, what are we doing? What's next, Claire? Because right. I know you wanted to talk more about... Yeah, um, so last week we talked about the epic gloriousness that was the Barbie movie. Well, actually, I think it was bad. I've changed my mind. What do you think no, about that? you raved about it and for very good reason. And we stopped at the end because we only had half an hour and you wanted to talk about why you thought it was such a great film for men, mm-hmm. which I think is such an interesting point to be had because... Obviously, you can look at it as like a feminist masterpiece, and it's a it's talking into the cultural expectations placed on women, and and you know trying to unpack what it's like to live in a patriarchy. But I'm interested to know what you think about it from a male perspective. Well, you dropped this on me just before the show. You said, "Are you going to talk about Barbie this week?" And I'm like, "We did talk about Barbie." And you're like, "You know, you said hey, you think it's actually a good movie for men." And I went, "I don't remember that. I haven't made okay, any so particular let notes." Let me but read you a little. Yes, are you going to keep gonna, going? No, you're going to jog my memory. I am. So, a lovely listener, Lewis Newstead, has written in 
And I just thought I'd read the email first and then you can continue the conversation. This is like me and Lewis telling everybody what's going on. Yeah. All right. Thanks, so Lewis. The topic of the email is called Barbie and the Manosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Incels for next week. I totally agree with what James said about Barbie being a pro-men movie. It has some really nuanced and sensitive depictions of masculinity and, I thought, a lot to say about the pull of toxic manosphere narratives. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to hearing you both talk about this next week. Oh, my God. So I have two. But he doesn't have a take? He's no. leaving me out. He's leaving me out to hang. I'm you drying. Had a take. I'm, you I'm, had a big I, take but... on it. So I have two suggestions. I wrote an essay on this side of Barbie, including oh. a lyrical analysis of the Ken song for my blog that might be interesting to you. Nice, love that. And my second suggestion is the book Men Who Hate Women by Laura Bates. Last year I wrote my undergraduate dissertation on incels and the endemic blindness to violent misogyny, and this book was the genesis of that idea. It looks at how misogynist narratives from these extreme spaces penetrate all levels of our society, and it's so eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Thank you both for everything you do on the show. It's always a welcome treat in the feed every week. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lewis, for writing. Too great. Uh, we should get that blog and we'll link it. We will. Yeah, I'll we'll send put that in the show notes. Yeah. Below. Yeah. From my perspective, and obviously I'm not a bloke, I'm a straight white lady, but to me I think it did a really good job of showing men what it would be like to live in a world where everything's run by women. <laughs> yes, but I would also say this. I don't think the men in this even have bad lives because I know people talk about like Ken is emasculated and all of those things, but I don't think that's true. Like in this world that he lives in, this is before all the, you know, he goes to the real world. He's like, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's too reliant on Barbie. Like that's kind of the thing, you know, cause he, the way he validates himself is if like Barbie like looks at him and acknowledges him. Right. But he's like, he's treated well. You know, like I'm not saying he has like he doesn't have like a great role in society. His job is beach. You know, that's like yeah. the joke. But he's like like the toy. He's an accessory to Barbie because that is what that is what Ken is. Like mm. this isn't so. Just from that perspective alone, it's like this is what Ken is. Ken's not like I can't remember who said this. Maybe it was you, but like you'd have like eight Barbies and maybe a Ken. You know, yes, maybe correct. one Ken. Maybe right? I don't even know if I owned a Ken. Yeah, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but you know, but he, he's not like disrespected, really. You know what I mean? Like he gets hurt, and they talk about how brave he is, and all of that. Do you know what I mean? And they like rally around him. So I think also, like, yeah, his life is not great, but I'm saying like he's not treated that badly. Is my point? Also, he's a fucking toy. So like, <laughs> all of these people are. It doesn't matter. But then I think from there, yeah, it, it is. It. I mean, I think it. It's reflective of like the manosphere stuff it is a very slippery slope and if you like tiktok will just like or most of these social media sites will just ta- eventually take you into that to see if you're interested you know what is the manosphere i don't know it's just like is. um blaming feminism for every everything not even feminism it's just like women in general and like how uh, it's about being how oh, men are high value and and like the more partners a woman have or not even like the older they get then they're not worth as much whereas men you know what I mean? It's got all these very specific rules about dating and how much money and women are only after your money and blah, 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 which, I, look, I know there are people like that, like on, on any like sexuality spectrum. Like obviously there are people who are very superficial in that way, but I just think most people are just looking for somebody, you know, that they can, you know, share a life with, I'd imagine. So even if they don't really know that they're that they're looking for that. And I think this movie does a good job of breaking that down and, and give and and giving Ken at the end also something that he wants like a sense of purpose, a sense of like being. He wears that shirt that says like the hoodie that's I'm Kenuff or whatever Kenuff or whatever <laughs> it says on it. 
you know, so I think it does. I don't, I don't, I mean, everybody in this movie is also an idiot. Like, I don't think you could point to Ken and be like, he's a stupid person. Like, they're all stupid. You know what I mean? Barbie gets, there's a moment where she comes, you know, when, when it, like everything's going badly and she, and she just like falls in a heap. Like the first challenge she's ever been presented with. You know what I mean? I don't think she's this like unstoppable bulletproof hero. I think they're all written flawed in, you know, mm. in very interesting ways. For a toy, it's a toy movie. You just want to specify that. Yeah. Also, but the manosphere basically, yeah. So it's it's just this it's a space that could be e- very easy to fall in it f- to fall into. Because and is that kind of what Ken does in the movie? Yeah, like I mean, it's see, like he a, comes to the real world, sees yeah. men running everything, finds what patriarchy is, and brings those but, ideas back. But to the Barbie thing about Island. that is, like, even in the real world, he's not valued because he's not bringing anything to that. You know, he's just like, I want to be a doctor, and they're like can't. It was like, I want to be a lifeguard, but I can't swim. So he's not even getting the things that he thinks that he wants. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, uh, and a lot of this manosphere stuff though, it gets you in by like talking a lot about self-help and it might start like, you know, clean your room up. It might be like, you know, you should work out, you know, you should pray or meditate or whatever, which are all, you know, all good things. Like, you know, all good things that, you know, you could potentially be doing, but then it very quickly spirals into like, into something else. And it's, it's basically also think like, because the way society is, it's, it's structured. It's not, it's not catered to all people. And that means men specifically. And men, I think who also come into this because it tells you that the world is a certain way and broken because of feminism or women are keeping you down or all of these things, or there's certain types of men that get all the women. And that's why you can't get a woman. So you got to be more like that. So it tells you all these things that aren't true so you're basically pointing at the wrong things, like you're targeting the wrong things for what is wrong with society or you personally, like as a result of maybe the way you're raised or where you live or, you know, what you even, what you look like even, you know, a lot of it is like you need to have a certain type of like jaw structure, you know, jaws are size. You familiar with this? It's like jaws no. exercise. So like you put like this kind of rubber kind of grip thing in your teeth and you're like. Oh, work God. out your jaw and it's supposed to like chisel your jaw. It's bullshit. Your jaw is a bone. Like you can't like – you have muscles in your face but you can't work them yeah. out like that. You know, it's – yeah. So like, And I do think like there is something to be said for being the best version of yourself and improving yourself but that's more looking inwards than outwards and, and like external blame, you know. And if you're putting yourself out in the world and you're looking at women like they're targeting you so they're going to take all your money or they're going to cheat on you at the first opportunity. I want a girl who's a virgin and who's 19 years old or whatever. Like if you're looking for all these things, that's ultimately not going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Even if you trick somebody into marrying you, like that will unravel eventually, you Mm -hmm. know. I mean how many times do people talk about like they met somebody when they started working on themselves and put boundaries in place and, you know, and they meet somebody and realise that, this isn't right for me, and you know. So you, you know, you meet somebody else. You know, mm. like these are all things that you, you can put in place. And I've said this before, and I can't remember where I heard or read this, but it's this thing of like, and I should point out, like ranking systems are arbitrary. Like somebody, you know, like people will be like, that girl's a nine, that guy's a mm. six, or whatever. You know what I mean? But if you look at that ranking system, basically it, it breaks down to, and I think I've even mentioned this on the show that any person but it refers specifically to guys, can be like a seven, you know? And all it is is, you know, finding clothes that fit you. doesn't even have to be expensive. Personal grooming, take care of yourself, get a, like, get like an okay haircut, maybe put some moisturizer on every now and then or some sunscreen. You know, work on your fitness, 
and just work on yourself, whether that be career, hobbies, like make, be interesting, make, you know, find things that interest you, you know, not things that you think will impress others. Because a lot of this other, a lot of this other manosphere stuff focuses around like you have to have a certain type of job and present yourself a certain type of way, which is just, it's not true. Because a lot of these guys. Yeah, it's exhausting. You're not even, it's not even who you really are or who you really want to be ultimately. It might be who maybe your friends or your dad or somebody like expects you to be, but those people aren't that either. You know, it's, Mm. it's just all, it's cosplay. It's it's in the end finding out who you are because once you do that, then you meet other people who are Mm. aligned with you. Absolutely. And a lot of people that I'm drawn to, and I'm not even talking about in relationships, I mean, in general, it, they have worked on themselves and they have interests and they've worked on their like conversation skills. And that's another thing like, like, not like I'm doing now or I'm just talking at you. But, you know, when, when you meet people, like ask questions, be genuinely curious, approach women like you would literally anybody, you know, because they're also people. They're not some mystery box, you know, that, that you have to like untangle and they're playing mind games with you or whatever. And, again, there are people like that that exist, that do all the dating games and whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not worth your time. I'm talking about if you approach a person like a person and you are happy in yourself, then that will work eventually probably maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's most likely to end up with the best-case scenario, right, which mm. is someone that has similar values. And, and you also might you. be like, I don't even maybe want that. Maybe I don't want to be in a relationship, mm. you know? Yeah. Maybe Completely. I want a family. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm gay. You know, people figure that out. There's a lot of that in here. There's a lot of like self-hating people who – do struggle with their sexuality. There's a lot of that in there. like In the manosphere. Yeah. I mean, how often do you hear about like a guy who's like a preacher and espousing all these values and it turns out that they've been soliciting like gay prostitutes or whatever? It happens like all the time, you know, like the, and that, this again, stems from like that self-hatred kind of thing, you know, which you then lashing out mm. with, you know. Mm. Mm. So bringing it back to Barbie. Oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, he thought it was about horses or whatever. That's why yeah, Ken was doing it. That is so true. Yeah. Um, do you think that it does in any way for people or for men or young men or young people who don't understand what patriarchy is mm. or what it's like to live inside a patriarchy, yeah. do you think it is a helpful movie in that way or do you think actually it'll they'll miss the point of that? I think a lot of people will get the point of it and, and do. And um, I think there's some people who like – might just be like, that was fun or I hated that for whatever reason because that's what movies are, you know. Mm. People experience all, all like a range of emotions. But I think the messaging in there is is clear enough where like you can see it, you know. You might not like it necessarily but, you know, you you can see it. And I think it's really interesting at the end where, where like the Kens don't even get equal footing in Barbie land, you know. They talk mm. about they might get like a senator in who's not on the Supreme Court but a little bit lower and then the resolution is, well, you know, eventually it's going to be um, they're going to have the same powers that women, powers and responsibility that women have in the real world, you know, the joke being that it is not equal in the real world. Exactly, and not even women. Yeah. It's just like anybody. Minorities, anybody, yeah. queer people, people with disabilities, basically anyone other than like white men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, it's such a worthwhile movie to go and see Because I think if you again, were, but it's interesting, obviously. I think that throwing that in place, because like if you were critical saying like the Kens didn't even get what they wanted, then that would be you acknowledging that the real world 
women and minorities don't get what they wanted. Mm. Because the ending is the Kens get the same level of responsibility that, that like women have in the real world. So that would be you acknowledging that the real world is also not balanced. Unbalanced, exactly. Yeah. Unless you think that, well, no, men are better than women and men should have more power and responsibility. Mm. Who knows? Anyway, I don't know if that answered any of your questions. Those weren't the thoughts I had last week. I can't remember what my I know, thoughts were I probably shouldn't have cut you off last nah, week. I should have just let you go. But that was really interesting. Thank you very much. If you too have a suggestion or a Also, comment, these people are grifting. They're just getting money off you. They're trying to get you to do drop shipping or like sign up for a course or whatever. What, like from people this is from the Manosphere stuff. Oh, like okay. it's a it's a total grift. They will ask you for money for courses or whatever or to, to like maybe subscribe to like bigsandwich.co for example or something like <laughs> that. But no, it is. It's literally just like their business is like you are the business. They're talking about starting businesses. For them, the business is you getting money out of you. Getting you you to buy courses and and then spread their message through TikTok or whatever to get more people on board. It's literally how Andrew Tate like started his thing was like an affiliate program where like if you got people to sign up through through TikTok or whatever, then you would get a cut of that money also. Like it was a pyramid scheme. It is a pyramid scheme. Mm. Yeah. Wowza. Mm. All right. Well, on that note, on that lovely enlightening note, oh, God, it's so depressing. Yeah. Um, if you two would like to write into Suggestible, you can. It's justforpod at gmail.com. Oh, leave a review. Exactly. You totally can. Just like Rufio. Oh, here he goes. Six, stop biting my hand. Rufio1617. Five stars. Just do it in app. It says, this is where the fun begins. You familiar with that quote? No. From Star Wars. Ah. I uh, just started listening as I've been a Weekly Planet listener for years and this was a pleasant surprise. I've already uh, looked into a few of the recommendations and I can say that I am hooked. Stop. You're hurting me. You're biting my hand. Uh, thank you, Rufio. Do you have any more letters or are we going to no, leave it that's there? No, that's it. That's it. Sick. Thank you as always to Royal Collins for editing this week's episode. Thank you to Maisie for running our social oh, media. The socials. Thank you to everyone who um, came to my tour as well and my Ooh. shows. I did the final show in Sydney. It was so wonderful. Now you're taking some time. I really appreciate to it. And now I'm taking some time off because I am tired. Yeah, I'm man. a tired old lady. <laughs> So I'm just, pat- um, I'm just trying to hold this dog at bay while I know, it tries to goodness, warm me. know, my goodness, so crazy. Mm. But, yeah, if you're interested in anything to do with my album, you can head to my website, claretonti.com. All the information is there. I'm going to take my two my dogs. Digital. They've teamed up on me, Claire. Oh, no. Anyway, you can download my music there and um, find merch and all the things. Um, and that's it. That's Thank it. As always, to everyone, for everything. All I'm right. So you seem tired. So tired. Maybe you should have recorded today, which is when I wanted to record. I know, I know, but I don't always listen. This is the time manosphere. Is a this and is I the manosphere talking. Hanging with my friends and playing. I'm a sort. I'm a sorting. I'm asserting myself. Well, hang, well, hanging with my daughter, actually. Yeah. All right. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project. There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.